So <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot the last day about specialization versus diversification when it comes to your professional life. And in many ways, I'm very clearly a specialist. I've specialized in carving spoons and don't really make anything else. And that has allowed me to build a reputation as being deep in this one subject. And that has benefits, namely that I'm given more credit for being expert at this thing than I otherwise would be given. Whether that's fair or not is another thing, but it's just true that if I did other things that I would not be seen as the expert in carving spoons merely because it would be seen that I would be spreading my time and attention across many things. And that's true no matter what you choose to specialize in. At the same time, I feel like specialization can be a rut that you get stuck in, in the sense that people start to think of you as only that, the person who only does that. That's what they want from you. And you start to see yourself worse as someone whose skill set is only that. And both of those scenarios are problematic. And I have to pause here for a minute to go by a neighbor's house and negotiate some dogs. Okay, I'm safely past where these two dogs are. Um, and now I'm starting up the really steep stretch of hill. So you're going to hear me get more and more out of breath. So there's this tension, this inescapable tension between the benefit of specialization and the cost of specialization. On the one hand, you get more benefit from being expert at something. On the other hand, you can get stuck, whether externally through how other people see you or internally through how you see yourself. And neither of those is acceptable in the long term. So one of the things that I've done, or the way that I think about it in my life, is that I want to accrue the benefit of going deep on something, but I also want to let myself continue to explore different things to find the next thing that I'm going to go deep on. And build up a stable of things that I have gone deeper on than most people, while at the same time having a bunch of things 
that I've tried and I sort of am familiar with, but aren't my thing. You know, I would say pretty much all music is that way for me. I've tried playing a number of different instruments over the years. Some of them I've stuck with for years, but none of them have become something that I'm expert at. And yet I'm really glad that I have the familiarity that I have with them. Ooh, that wind feels good. But, so, on a professional level, I think the thing is to sort of be constantly testing new ideas and new directions you could go. And both seeing if there's a public response and also asking yourself if it's something you actually want to do. Because you need both. You can't just have... You can't just follow the demand. And it also isn't going to work if you are doing exactly what you want to do, but there is no demand. At least it won't work in terms of becoming... uh, a viable business. And you don't need to see much demand, you just need to see enough demand that it gives you a sense that there might be more in the future. So it's not like something has to be more of a success than whatever it is you're doing now for you to decide to pursue it. But it does need to seem like it has legs. And so for me that's That's what I'm constantly assessing about my various endeavors, is the, in my book, Carving Out a Living on the Land, I I articulated it as trying to find the center of the Venn diagram between what people want, what your opportunities make it possible for you to do, and what you want to do. It's those three things, because you can have plenty of opportunities but that you don't actually want to take advantage of. And there can be things that you could take advantage of but that you don't want to. And there are things that you want to do but that, and that you have the ability to, and advantages to do but then nobody wants. So you're really looking for the center of that Venn diagram between what people want, what you have the unique advantages to actually pull off, and what you want to do yourself. And this is the formula that I use to evaluate what the next move for me is going to be. And so while simultaneously building my specialty, building my specialization ever greater, so I'm going deep, I'm also sending out little exploration parties and trying to think through the ramifications of other options as well. Because what I've noticed in my life, and I assume you've noticed in your life too, if you're paying attention, is that every five to ten years, the situation that you find yourself in is so different 
whether because your life has changed or because the outside world has changed, that how you spend your days working is just different from what it was five to ten years ago. And so, for instance, while I firmly intend to carve spoons until I'm an old man, I'm under no illusions that it's always going to look like it is now. Because if I look back five years ago, it sure didn't look like it does now. So this is the trick when you're looking into the future is, what does the future look like? What's the direction that you can go in that finds the center of that Venn diagram? And sometimes it's continuing to specialize in your thing, but you would be a fool to dig your rut deeper and deeper without having an alternative plan that you're also pursuing, and preferably several. You know, the spoon carving for me started out as an alternative plan to the Christmas tree farm. Because I could see that the Christmas tree farm was vulnerable to all of these landlord relationships that I had. And also my continued willingness to do the work. And that at some point in the future, I might not want to do that. And that if I made that choice to not do it, the choice would be infinitely easier if I had a viable alternative to fall back on. Well, now I have that viable alternative and then some. I earn almost twice as much from the spoon carving as I do from the Christmas tree farm. Well, what's the viable alternative to the spoon carving? Well, you could say it's the Christmas tree farm, but that's not really true. Because the Christmas tree farm is really something that is now a buffer, but it's not the unexplored possibility of real growth and development on my part. I've been doing it for 13 years now, and I know it inside and out. And I want to keep doing it, but it's not where I'm gonna grow as a person and develop new opportunities for myself. And so this is where that exploration is. For me, it is starting to um, allocate time and money towards exploring the sculptural side of work that I've been thinking about for years, but haven't allocated the time, money, or space to. And that to me feels like the right direction to put my 10% of my energy. Some say 10, some say 20, whatever. You, you put a, a minority position of your time and energy towards the next thing. And while you're working on it, you are constantly evaluating, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? And it might not be, or it might be, but it just takes a long time. So another 10% of my time and energy goes to the magazine and another 10% of my time and energy goes to writing the books that I write. And all of those things are pushing me outside the comfort zone that I had and in the direction of a greater skill set. But, and this is why I think it's 
This is why I think uh, it's valuable to consider, um, whew, just crested the hill. This is why it's valuable to consider this specialization versus diversification in this framework is that if I were to diversify within the thing that I'm specialized in, right? And start turning bowls, start making other crafts. The thing that I would not have diversified is the broader skills with which I can earn a living and do creative, interesting work in the future. I would have kept my skills, even though they would be diversified, I would have kept my skills within this narrow range that if it worked out was great, but if it wasn't working out, it's not like selling cups instead of spoons is going to uh, live and die on a different, larger trend, right? The larger trend that makes it possible for me to sell spoons and make a living at it is the same trend that makes the other craft stuff possible. Well, if the, if the dynamics that made that possible, the advent of social media and the, the increasing desire of people to reclaim some of our lost understanding of how to make things with our hands, if that shifts, as it will shift over time, whether because the social media platforms mature and grow up and it's harder to, uh, harder to grow on them, or because people's sense of what they want shifts, right? In the same way that if you think about what people wanted in the 60s and what people wanted in the 80s was different on a broad cultural level. Well, as those things shift, if I haven't diversified myself in a way that makes me capable of meaningfully earning a living in some way that... that challenges me in the way that I want to be challenged, then I'm going to have dug myself into a rut that the world is going to all of a sudden jump out of, and they're not going to appreciate that I have this rut. And the examples of that happening to people is endless. And often it cycles back around. And the things that were cool in the 70s, you know, become cool again 30, 40 years later. So if I live long enough, I might become a legend, but it's going to be some lean decades in between then when it worked out originally and when it works out in the end. So to my mind, you don't get the benefit of diversification if you diversify too narrowly. And you don't get the benefit of specialization if you diversify too narrowly. So you kind of need to keep the two separate and specify or specialize in something and then diversify outside of it and use other skills and other, other things that can link into it, right? I mean, the books I'm writing are about spoon carving. The magazine is about spoon carving. So it all ties together. But the skills and the things that I'm building and the reputation that I'm building and as having those skills are applicable to much more than the one narrow thing that I'm known for. So you can actually use the specialized skill as the thematic springboard to 
jumpstart these other skills. I'm not writing stuff that's completely outside of spoon carving yet. I'm using the leverage that I have to build the skills. And then I'll, I'll move where it makes sense to move and where I want to move. At any rate, that's the tension I see between the two, between specialization and diversification. And it seems to me, I didn't quite, I wasn't able to articulate it when I started this, but I like where I've walked myself around to, which is that you want, you get the benefit of specialization the most if you specialize, but then also diversify in such a way that it takes advantage of that specialization. And you get the advantage of diversity the most if you diversify, but diversify in such a way that it is, um, pushing you into business models and, and skills that are different enough from your specialization that as the world changes, you can gracefully change with it and continue to do meaningful work and not end up stuck. Thanks as always for listening. Talk tomorrow.